we doing, folks? My guest today is going to be Keith Ailes. Keith is currently the director at Muddy Shutter Media and has pretty much had a camera in his hands as long as he can remember. Keith has gotten to travel the world, filmmaking and telling stories of hunting, fishing, skiing, and any kind of adventures you would want to get in. As Keith and Muddy Shutter Media would put it, stories worth telling are not born in the comfort zone. Along the way, he's gotten to film several different high-profile people, including Cam Haynes, Chad Mendez, and Chris Spieler. Keith is following his passion, and I hope you enjoy his journey of failures and successes along the way. And please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Enjoy, folks. Perfect. We're rolling. Keith, thanks for taking the time, brother. I really appreciate it. Of course, Bobby. Anything for you, my man. So uh, you had a bit of a rough week up in uh, up in Old Montucky, up in the up in the woods up there, huh? What what kind of happened with the with that elk hunt for you? I know you said you took took a little bit of time off and just didn't didn't end up going the way you kind of wanted it to with your buddy. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty much what elk hunting is. It's <laughs> just hiking with a bow and uh, until you get lucky. So I just we happened to not get lucky. So yeah, we took like a week off of work and hiked our butts up and down every mountain range in Montana, calling, waking up the woods. And yeah, we didn't, didn't get anything to go down, but that's bow hunting. That's elk hunting. That's kind of the, that's kind of way you do it though. You know, it's kind of, it's the, the process, the, um, everything that goes into it is kind of what keeps you coming back. You know, if it, if you were just out being successful every time, everyone would do it and it would be easy. So it's kind of like, well, it's what keeps me coming back. So hopefully, uh, we still got some time. So hopefully, hopefully get it done here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see. Now, what like kind of got you into hunting and photography and film and, and media and kind of a, where did that, have you always kind of had a passion for that or did it kind of, when, when did that come about for you? Oh man, it's, uh, kind of always really been into it. I mean, I've been carrying a camera around since I was a little kid. I mean, I'm talking a little 10 year old running around with a little, um, the mini DV tapes. I had a VHS camera, um, all the above, but really what got me into it was skiing. So, I mean, this can kind of relate to your, um, some of your audience and that fact, you know, growing up in Bozeman, Montana, it's obviously a ski town. And, uh, my dad worked at the local ski area, Bridger Bowl my whole life. And I was always been obsessed with ski movies, ski videos, anything that was action sports and involved the camera. I obviously wasn't as good as a skier as a lot of my buddies. So it was kind of like, that was my next step was to carry the camera around and chase them around. That was kind of my way to be in the crew. And uh, so starting off as a little kid, I was, you know, I'd see all these uh, old PGR ski films and poor boy ski films, level one films and this and that. And I was just so drawn to the idea that you could go out and capture all this and put it together at the end of the year and then showcase like what had gone down. And so I was like a little 10 year old. I was, a, I was a crappy skier, but our next best, it's kind of a funny story. Our next best thing was, I don't know if you remember uh, or if you did this when you were a kid, like during recess, you do like flips and stuff out of the swings and like yeah. doing tricks out of the yeah, swings. Yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh. so all my buddies were nine, 10 years old. We obviously aren't that great at skiers enough to go and make a ski video. So we were out flipping out of swing sets and doing all these tricks out of swing sets. And we were filming it like a ski movie. And like, okay. we each had like segments and we'd all choose our song to it. And <laughs> uh, dude, I I probably made my first like film, film thing. It was a swing film. I was okay. doing tricks out of a swing set. So I was like 10, I was like 10 years old. So uh, that was my first one. And uh, obviously it's kind of, 
grown since then. Do you still have it? Do you still, do have, still, have, the, it. You still have the original? I would love to bust that out over a few beers. Uh, it would be so it would be so embarrassing, but I still have it, and it's kind of funny to to look back and see uh, how far we've come. But yeah. so, that, so does your dad put your camera camera in your hands, or what? Because uh, I mean, that's interesting. Like that that young. I mean, I don't remember ever being like, oh, I don't know. I guess when you're little, it's not something I was really thinking about. Like, ooh, I need to take a picture of this or. And it wasn't easily like as accessible. Now you like have mm-hmm. your phone, so if you want to take a picture of something, you can. But like back then, it was like an extra thing that you had to carry around, and it was usually like expensive. My parents would definitely not be giving me a camera at ten, eleven, you know, even mm-hmm. if it's a crappy one, because I would probably break it pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it? What was his dad was like? Yeah, he's probably gonna be. He'll be all right with it. He'll he'll know what to do and uh, kind of. <laughs> Point no, I, I I would I would basically just steal the the family oh, VHS camera. Okay. There it is. So like <laughs> you know you have the big old VHS tape cameras are like this big. Yeah. For home home videos, Christmas, birthdays, this and that, I would just go steal that and run around with my buddies. And I'd come back and like hide in my room with my computer and download whatever video. I think the first video editing software I used it was it was Roxio Video Wave, which I, I doubt they still even make it. I mean this was like. 2000 early 2000s and so yeah. i yeah i was stealing these vhs tapes and out filming with my buddies and then ripping it off the tape onto the computer and then <laughs> lime wire and music and, right. and editing it together yeah but but no my, my dad my dad always uh he always had a, a film camera around carrying around a, a film camera and, and that's kind of what also helped kind of light that fire seeing kind of some of the old um old photos and stuff that he would take out skiing and on some of his old uh, hunting, hiking, ski adventure, stuff like that. And he was hauling this little film camera up there and, and, you know, doing the typical picture of his line before he drops in and this and that. And he's like, Oh, check out this range. Oh, we were out with my buddies. We hunted this, we did this. Oh, I skied that line, this and that. I was like, Whoa, that's so cool. You took a picture of that. Yeah. And then, yeah. So yeah, he he always was kind of a, a creative dude. Same thing with my mom. My mom was always kind of like filming, um, family events, baseball games, football games, stuff like that. And was always kind of running around with the camera. And I was just kind of like, well, maybe if I take this camera and I run around with my buddies, we can do something cool with it. So, Right. So running around with them, I mean, that, that, how did you know that you always kind of wanted to do something with film kind of after it's just kind of early on? I mean, it sounds like you kind of had an idea. I mean, you went to school for, uh, you played baseball at uh, Minot State for, and you went in video production, right? Yep. Yep. So I got a, a broadcast production degree uh, at Minot State. It was the closest thing to a film degree uh, that was there, but really I went to college for baseball. That's what people ask me. Well, what'd you major in in college? I said I majored in baseball because, <laughs> because really, like you said, like I, I've really been, been doing this since I was, you know, really young and it's always kind of something I've had a passion for and, and always thought that's something I've wanted to do. And it's kind of funny to see it come full circle from being a little kid. So when my buddies do backflips out of, swing sets to doing what I am today, carrying around $40,000 cinema cameras. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, so, it's, it's, always, it's always been something that I've wanted to do. And it's, uh, it's always been a huge passion of mine and still is. After you finished up uh, baseball, how, you know, college is done and uh, no career in the majors, you know, that's all right. That happens sometimes. <laughs> uh, not, yeah. every, not everybody gets there, right? Nope. 95%. Yeah, same in my sport. I didn't get there. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> you have to move on with life, right? I'm not. I'm not six four, two twenty five, and 
in Montana, it snows every month of the year, so we didn't have uh, – wasn't necessarily the best baseball state per se, but I took it as far as I could. But, uh, yeah, I mean, baseball is a, a obviously a huge part of my life, and I was kind of a baseball robot from 12 years old being, you know, travel teams, um, Team Montana, traveling around, I mean, playing as much as I could until I was 23, so 12 to 23 – I was basically a baseball robot and that was like my strict focus. That's all I cared about. That's all I put in pretty much most of my uh, time and focus into. So. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of energy and a lot of, mm-hmm. know, I mean, it takes, it takes a ton, especially when you focus in on that sport and a lot of, a lot of swings, a lot of batting practice. But yeah, I mean, as you know, being, being a skier and being a competitive skier, you know, from a young age, obviously you competed, competed at a young age to yeah. um, into your twenties. I mean, you know the the time and effort that it takes to be successful per se, and to get to a higher level, into the next level, into the next level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it teaches you a lot, man. It teaches you a lot about discipline. It teaches you a lot about um, setting goals and going after them and and putting in the work. I mean, being a college athlete and being a competitive skier at the level that you skied at it's a full-time job and you're not really getting paid for it and you're paying to do this stuff. Right. No, and, sure. uh, mm-hmm. I mean, do you think that helps kind of translate into some of the filmmaking and when you're going on hunts and, and things of that nature? Cause I mean, the, you know, some of the different films you show like the mountain ops discipline one that you, you I mean, the amount of creativity and, and camera work and editing and all those things that go into it. I mean, it's not, it looks fantastic and it looks like you know just seamless like everything clicks everything works together music all that fits but like it seems like it's a huge fucking ordeal to be able to figure out how to make everything mix and match and that's a lot of hard work into the editing room I mean I can't imagine what the editing process has got to be like it's just I feel like it goes over my head mm-hmm. you know going in all that editing and, and all the different working I mean, I'm super curious about it yeah no I mean I would say all the hours and, and, and training and, and drill work and to be a competitive athlete, it's always kind of like you're, you're, you're working on little things to achieve the big things sure. and you're setting small goals to achieve the big goals, whether, you know, you're doing, like you were saying, it's like hours spent hitting off the team in a batting cage, just swing after swing after swing after swing, repetition after repetition after repetition, yeah. using kind of that mentality that baseball taught me and being an athlete and putting in, um, all that work and all that dis and that and having that discipline of what nap- being an athlete taught me, transferring that into my career. I mean, it was it made that that post athlete depression, which is like a, a serious thing. It's a, a lot of people thing. go through it. Uh, it's, a it's, a, it's a real thing. So it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah, when especially you know when you're a serious athlete from when you're 12 to 23, and that's all you focus on, and that's over. A lot of people are just kind of like, what now? What do I do now? Yeah. There's always like twiddling thumbs. Luckily, like. I had always had that same passion and effort for carrying a camera around as what I had for being an athlete. So when I was done being a baseball player, it was kind of like, okay, if I take the same daily mentality, same work ethic, same discipline I had as an athlete to my career, sky's the limit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's – so, yeah, that, that definitely helped me transition from being an athlete to my career and putting in all those hours um, – doing what I do. Cause like you said, a lot of people, you know, see these little, in, like a minute long Instagram video, that's 
40 hours of editing um 30 second little video you see that who knows how long that could take and um you know i'd say the the editing side of things and of my line of work of video production even photography editing photos this and that it's it's a lot of sitting an inch from the screen and little clicks and this and that and you know if you sat over my shoulder you'd be like what are you doing what is going on and it's it's definitely a process. It melts a lot of brain cells and uh, a lot of time and effort, but it's always worth it. You know, once you once you see uh, see it come to fruition, it's like going from a it's like being a painter or a drawer. You go from a blank canvas to seeing it come to fruition. It's the same thing. You know, you're sitting down in the edit bay and you see a project timeline go from blank to a full fledged film. I mean, it is. There's nothing like it. Once you press export. And you see it go out to the public. I mean, that's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. So kind of going into that a little bit more, like one of the things I'm always curious about, like you're, you go out on these two-week hunting expeditions or trips and you're out there and how much camera gear do you have to be able to, because I mean, everyone has their bow hunting equipment. Like if you're going in for an elk hunt or something and you got to pack in, you know, 10, 15 miles to where you're going, I mean, how much gear do you have to travel with? I mean, can you travel lightly? I mean, what's the charging situations like? I mean, you know, do you, is everything <laughs> solar? Like, how the hell does that work? You can't plug anything in. <laughs> oh, man, it is uh, it's heavy. Uh, and ch- checking bags isn't cheap. So usually <laughs> uh, I, just got ba- I just got back from a film trip out on the East Coast, Virginia. Okay. And I think we had one. I think we had like five pelicans, like three of the huge ones. And yeah, all, all overweight, all <laughs> not cheap. But it, it, like if you were to say if we're going out on a two-week elk hunt and uh, basically, you know, as a, as a hunter, mm-hmm. usually your pack is around like 50 yeah. pounds starting. Because, um, I mean, you got water, layers, shelter, uh, obviously your whatever weapon you're using, a rifle or bow um all your layers all your gear all this and that's usually about 50 pounds and same thing as a, as a camera gear i'm carrying all of that uh just my weapon is the camera and uh you know the cameras that we use are the big red cinema cameras so those are like 40 pounds fully rigged up you're carrying extra lenses extra batteries batteries are like two and a half five to five pounds depends on what you're using and so um basically we're packing you try to stay as light as possible mm-hmm. um but you have to have the right gear and you have to be pretty dialed with what you're doing uh, to make sure you capture what you need to capture. It really all depends on the project and what, what you're doing. If we're doing a full fledged film production, you know, usually we'll have a few guys and you have one guy running a uh, still camera with all his gear and they have a video guy running, you know, kind of his usually one to two camera ops. And then okay, so uh, audio guy. I mean, it really depends on, on the, on the level of production. Okay, so like a big production, it's usually like three three guys that are kind of working. Uh, you would so you have an audio guy, two other guys in there, and how like so it, like you have that big of a production. And the one thing I'm like super curious: how do you stay quiet in the woods? Like, there's so many people in like in in the woods <laughs> there, and there's so much like noise and like move. Like I know, and I go hunting with it's just two people, and it's like Jesus Christ, we're making so much noise right now, like. It's it's crazy to me that there's mm-hmm. that many you know that many warriors in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I mean you ba- I mean you're you're basically you're you're a hunter as well. You're just carrying a camera. I mean you're, it's 
um, especially filming bow hunting. I mean, it's you're sneaking around, you're right over the guy's shoulder, you're basically in, in the hunter's back pocket, and you're doing everything that they do, uh, just carrying a camera and you're capturing it. And it, it all takes kind of repetition. And um, the first few hunts that I filmed, I barely knew what I was doing and carrying too much gear, and you know, and you're hauling these huge cameras and this and that. And uh, like you say, you're trying to be quiet and you're trying not to mess up the hunt for the hunter. And but you're trying to do your job and capture what needs to be captured. It's uh, it's quite the process. But um, yeah, like I said, it really it really depends on the on the trip. I mean, one trip that stands out to me is we did a 12 day backcountry. I mean, we we're like 120 miles in the backcountry in northern British Columbia on a moose and caribou hunt. So you basically fly into the most northern part of British Columbia, drive two hours north of there, and then you float plane in two hours north of there. Wow. end up being about 120 miles from the nearest road and then you're going horseback for i think the i think the outfitter had like three million acres or something that we were hunting through and you're i mean you're carrying like i probably had twenty thirty thousand dollars on my back in camera gear plus all my survival equipment and you're on horseback and it's a rodeo and you're trying not to break anything you're trying not to die you're trying not to get eaten by a grizzly bear it's uh you get, you get into some wacky stuff as a camera guy, plain and simple, but that's uh, that's kind of the fun part of what I do is, uh, you know, you get to go on some wild adventures and capture some, some really cool stuff, some interesting people. Yeah, I mean, the, the people have to also, like, make the trip, right? You're going mm-hmm. up, and, and if you go up with some people that are not that fun or not that interesting, that can make it not that can make it a long 12 days. I mean, Yeah, exactly, and I mean, that's that's kind of what – and maybe people get confused on kind of what it is to make hunting films and this and this and that. And um, kind of the stigma of what I do is, you know, it's a fat guy sitting in a tree stand whispering to a camera waiting to just kill something. And uh, that's not, that's not, that's not necessarily what we do really. Like you said, it's the people who make it. And usually the goals of our films and what we do is to tell a story of, because every hunter has a story. Every person has a story. Every day of the hunt is a story. Every trip is a different story. And that's really what we focus on is the storytelling aspect. Because uh, many people, like when you're going out in 120 miles in the backcountry of British Columbia and you're flipping horses and you're running into grizzly bears, you're getting surrounded by wolves and um, you have weather and this and that. I mean, it's a whole adventure aspect yeah, absolutely. of it. And that and that's what that's what we want to capture. It's not just killing animals it's it's the it's the adventure it's the camaraderie it's the it's the whole process in the grind of what a hunt is to harvest an animal and harvest this meat to bring back to your family and this whole process of what it means to be a hunter and it's all there's just you can dive so deep into into it i mean it's it's like i said it's it's not just you know going out and killing stuff and it's there's like that that redneck stigma of what it means to be a to be a hunter and that's what us as creatives in that in the outdoor industry are really trying to to fix that stigma of what it is because you know we're not in it just to go out and kill something we're in it for the adventure and the process in meeting interesting people and go interesting places and you know if you if you come home with a bunch of meat to feed your family that's just a bonus yeah, no, for, I mean, it's always one of those things. I mean, I, I would say most of the time uh, you usually don't get something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially, you know, hunting on public land and stuff like that. I mean, you know, 
it's usually nine out of 10 times you're walking home empty handed uh, or, you know, something goes wrong. And it's always one of those things that at least growing up for me, like getting into hunting for my, my grandparents have always bow hunted and always been in the woods. And it was never about getting something. It was always mm -hmm. about just being in with nature. I mean, I always thought when I was younger, when I was really little, like six, seven, it was always scant. Like I was, you know, you're walking into the, you get up at an ungodly hour and you're walking into yeah. the woods and you're like, what mm -hmm. the fuck is going on? Everything looks like a bear or something that's going to eat you. And you're just like, you know, following grandparents into the woods and next thing mm -hmm. you sit there. And when I was really little, I would just go to sleep. You know, I'd wake up nine, 10 o'clock and be like, oh, we're done. Why hasn't something happened yet? Like what? <laughs> exactly. Like what did I miss? Okay. All right. but, 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 but as you get older and the more times you, you spend out in the woods, the more times you, you spend pursuing different animals and pursuing different things it's it turns into more of the the process of like you said of, of just being out in the woods and i think i'm at my best and the best person i can be when i'm spending time out in the mountains and out in the woods and the amount of time that you spend out of cell service waking up at ungodly hours and through suffer fest of weather and grizzly bears and whatever i mean that's when you feel the most alive and you start really thinking about stuff that matters you know like right. when you're spending 12 days out of cell service 120 miles in the backcountry you're not gonna be sitting on your phone scrolling instagram you're not gonna be sitting there worrying about emails and worrying about this and that all you're worried about is where you are at that time and man that's where you get some really deep thinking done i'll tell you that much yeah and the and the appreciation factor you know i think you mm -hmm. just appreciate uh all the things that you like just the the natural beauty that's out there right like you when you go out and I always enjoy those like morning hunts when everything's still asleep and you get to watch it come to life. Like, you know, the squirrels, birds, nothing's making a sound. You get in, you kind of find your spot and then you kind of just slowly watch everything come awake as the sun starts to come up. And I mean, there's so much beauty and it really just makes you appreciate it. Uh, whether you, you know, get something or not, you know, not, yeah. it's, it's just nice to, to be out there and it does allow you the, the times to think, I mean, you know, I got plenty of time to think about uh, getting married the last few, you know, right before the uh, wedding coming up there. Was, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, plenty of time to think about it and uh, knew it was a good good call. <laughs> yeah, but no, exactly. It's one of those, I mean, you get so much time in there and it's it's really uh, – it's good It's good for the soul, right? Wouldn't you yeah, say? For, for people, for, yeah, for people who spend, a, you know, mass amounts of time out in the woods and up in the mountains, I mean, you can – just the perspective on life, the perspective switch rather than like wake up, alarm goes off, get in your car, get in traffic, get cut off, go to work, get pissed off at your boss, go back, scroll Instagram, go to bed, do it again. I mean, I just, it's like, it's so easy, especially 2020 to get into that routine, that, that BS daily routine of just go, 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 go. And I think more people need to spend more time out in the woods. Like <laughs> that's what I always say. It's like for people who are on, uh, on social media and the Facebook keyboard warriors and blowing up about politics and blowing up about this, like, man, if you got, to, you got way too much time in your hands to be doing that, you need to go out and find some hobbies. Go outside. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they also, you know, one of the main things they say that are so important, like about traveling, like going on vacations and things like that, because it gets you out of that routine, right? It gets you mm -hmm. out of that schedule. It gets you kind of off your platform and you're uncomfortable. You're not in your usual kind of comfort zone. And whether it's 
just going on vacation to some place you usually don't travel. But I think the same thing is like hunting. You know, if you go out in the woods, it's not your normal schedule and you have no idea what's going to happen. You could mm-hmm. have an amazing day. You could miss a shot. You could, I mean, there's so many different variables and, and things of that nature. I mean, I think it's so important to be able to go out there and it's just nice to be outside too. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the coffin right there. And I mean, that's kind of how I, um, being a baseball player, ba- baseball is one of the like highest failure sports there is. I mean, if you are successful three out of 10 times, you're in the hall of fame. I mean, you're constantly learning how to fail and constantly learning how to overcome, you know, because you could strike out three times, but then you could come up in the ninth inning and and win the game for your team. It's the same thing, kind of taking that same mentality to what I do and and being a hunter and spending time outside. It's like so much stuff goes wrong. I mean, whether it's um, weather changes or you blow an animal out or um, just, it's just a grind. I mean, the amount of days that I spend out in the mountains and, and nasty weather and, and this and that. I mean, you're carrying forty thousand dollar camera gear in places that really shouldn't. Stuff breaks, <laughs> stuff goes wrong, and uh, it's just constantly learning how to how to overcome that. And and it's a constant puzzle, and you're just trying to figure out how to problem solve through it. And it teaches you a lot about life. Yeah. No, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, speaking to to that, and speaking about the you know those teaching and kind of learning moments about life and and figuring all that out. Like, how how do you capture the moment right how do you you go in your 12 days on horse like you're doing all this different shit how are you able to to capture that moment like what is the thought process uh, when you're going in and, and trying to figure that out how do, how do you capture it and then yeah going back to kind of what i was talking about earlier is changing that that stigma of what hunters are mm-hmm. um and that is kind of one of my main goals and what you know the people that i work with is some of our main goals is because if you go back and if you turn on the outdoor channel from, I mean, even today, I'm not knocking on the outdoor channel. I kind of am though, but any hunting TV show, you turn on the outdoor channel from now rewind 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's yeah. a guy sitting there whispering into a camera, sitting in a tree stand. He shoots something. Whoa, we got him this and that. And it's just like, that's what people see as what hunters are, but that isn't what hunters are. And so some of our main goals of what we want to capture is it's not just killing stuff. It's not just taking an animal's life. It's not just that it's capturing the sunrises, it's capturing the hiking, it's capturing the camaraderie in camp, it's capturing certain stories. Cause there's so many unique people that you get to spend time with out in the woods and diving into their backstory of, of things that they've gone through and things that they've done and this and that it's it's more about the storytelling aspect and if you come back with an animal that's just a bonus but if not it's capturing the process and what we want to capture it and how we want to capture it is in more of a cinematic way and putting it together in with music and as a film style and where i get a lot of inspiration from is from ski movies like i said you know growing up being inspired by all these ski movies and seeing how that they were putting together capturing the travel capturing the behind the scenes stuff. It's not just stoke real, stoke real, stoke real and all the, 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 all the, everything great. You know, you want to capture the whole process and that's what people, that's what gets people really into it. So basically kind of what really keeps me going and how I want to capture it is taking ski movie style of filmmaking, the high pace and the creative filmmaking aspect and bringing it to the outdoor world, which there is, there really hasn't been a ton of, like I said, it's, it's really been a, 
a, a guy sitting in camo whispering to a camo, oh, we're almost we're 15 yards from him, blah, 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 blah. And right. people, don't, people don't necessarily want to sit and watch that. You want to – like my goal is I want to be able to capture stuff and make films and, and videos and capture what it means to be a hunter and what it means to spend time – in the woods and I want it to be so your grandma can watch it and be yeah. intrigued the whole time or your your vegan cousin can watch it and be like okay this maybe this there's something to this that mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand you know yeah kind of take take people on a little bit of a journey rather than just a 10 second cut out of all right there he comes he's 10 yards yeah there we go. yeah no I mean that and the films you've done so far I mean have been uh all the stuff sent to me have just unbelievable footage i don't know how you i don't know how you go through like you said it's a lot of hard work a lot of editing and and things of that nature it's it's crazy to watch uh the films you've come up with they've been they've been awesome so far so i appreciate that yeah you gotta keep up the i'm excited to see the uh the content from uh from virginia it sounds like that'll be yeah no that that one's gonna be that one's gonna be an interesting one i mean speaking of kind of the storytelling aspect uh i can't give too many details about this but basically we're capturing it's a it's a couple and they're hunters and foragers and they're professional chefs out of washington dc and um i mean they hunt fish forage everything that goes into their recipes and what they're bringing to the table and uh, the amount of work and effort that they put in to feed themselves let alone a bunch of people is really really impressive and it really showcases what it means to go from field to plate and to really bring um, the whole aspect of what it means to be a hunter. That's cool. That sounds really cool. Look for keep keep me uh, keep me in the loop. Let me know on that thing. So speaking of that though, like how long how long will it take you to to edit? So you were what you did like a seven day hunt, and then you got to have an insane amount of of footage, and you'll cut it into you know so you're going you cut it into an hour, right, or however long the feature is supposed to be, and you have all this content. I mean, how how long is that editing process? Oh man, it really depends. Um, I'd say for this project specifically, it'll be about eight days of total hunt time, production time out in the field. And then as for edit hours, I mean, you're sitting probably, probably a hundred plus hours of sitting at a computer and, and editing that together. Cause really how it's put together is you have the main film piece, um, probably about half hour to 45 minutes. And then you're breaking down teasers, um, social media posts, this and that that's going to be kind of trickle down off of that and um, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it i mean you're basically going through the the editing process is capturing the footage organizing the footage labeling the footage laying it out into a timeline and chopping up the shots that you're going to use and you start color correcting you start fixing up the audio diving in i mean honestly ask any video editor the most time that is usually spent in the whole process just finding a darn song to use that's royalty free and um that matches what you're trying to do i mean the hours that i spend just sitting there like this just trying to find like listening to libraries and libraries and libraries of royalty free music and trying to find something that'll fit is a grind and you find your music and you start kind of laying stuff out because i mean that's kind of how i work is sometimes you know as a creative you can hear a, a song and that sparks like like i can hear a song and then i will see a video play out to that song and then you're like Hey, let's rock to that. And I mean, everybody who's a creative kind of gets inspired in different ways. So, so kind of it's first, definitely a process. 
So like first priority for you when you're trying to come up and with, with that is like, all right, what's, what's going to be my song for whether it's the teaser or whatever else that that's going to be, you kind of work from there and then you're able to fill in footage. Yeah. Well, really the, I mean, you can go even farther back to that, like okay. for all these bigger projects with our team, you know, we have a, we have a full fledged team of, of uh, guys who are directing, producing uh, directors of photography our audio guys are, this and that. And so it goes into the whole pre-production factor of it is, you know, you're storyboarding, you're building out shot lists, you're scouting locations, you're um, pitching to clients. Once you have your client, you're dealing with financials, you're doing this and that. And it's a, it's a whole, like, I'd say counting pre-production hours add into the post-production hours and the whole project, man, it's, it is probably like 200 plus hours to make a, 30 minute long piece. And I mean, that's just in our space. Like I couldn't even imagine what it goes into to, to create a full fledged Netflix feature film. I mean, it's if, when you want, you can just watch the credits and see how many people are involved. And I mean, it's, mm -hmm. everyone has a key, a key role in it. So it's, it's nice having a crew. Whereas I kind of come from a background of a freelance background of kind of doing, doing everything and wearing all the hats, having to shoot the photos, flip it into video mode, shooting the video, editing it, editing the photos, producing, directing, and uh, it's a whole process. I'm thankful that, you know, struggling to get to where I am today, having to wear all those hats and kind of learn the whole process. Now I can kind of help wherever needs help. Yeah. How, I was going to ask how much, how much does it help to have that experience and, you know, kind of doing it all on your own. And now you have a little bit more of a team, like that, that's got to make the process a little bit uh, easier on you and you can kind of just work on directing, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, that's, I'm very thankful to kind of come from where, how I started, um, which was shooting stuff for free or shooting stuff just for fun. I mean, like I said, I, I grew up just following my buddies skiing with a camera and I just legitimately just enjoyed making videos and putting it together and just seeing people light up when they would watch it back. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of kept me going. And so coming from that background to just keep pushing and having more, more tools and having more people, more hands on deck. It really allows me as a creative to build up into these bigger projects and bigger productions. And um, I mean, now we're producing music videos, we're doing full fledged films, we're doing yeah. this and that. And it's, you know, it's, it's really cool to see from where it started to mm -hmm. see it come to fruition, not just with me, but with my whole crew, we're all just kind of, these ragtag kids that didn't go to film school. We just enjoyed the creative process and running around with cameras and getting dirty and um, <laughs> to see it come to what we're doing now. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting to see it come full circle. No, that's, that's awesome. So what helps you like stay focused on those everyday priorities? Because I mean, you say there's 200 hours, you know, if you're doing a 30 minute film, let's use that as the example, 200 yeah. hours or, you know, what helps you stay focused every day? Like, do you checklist it out? Like, okay, I got to get everything done. Boom, boom, boom. Or how do you kind of organize and keep track of everything that you need to get done? Uh, I think like I was talking about earlier from the, the athlete mentality of um, setting those small goals and tackling small daily goals to reach the bigger goals. And I mean, if you're hitting a small checklist and your daily priorities, you're going to reach those big goals. And so I think a lot of people will get, especially in my field, when you have a huge project like that kind of looming over you, mm -hmm. it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to 
to get lost in, in the process of it. But if you, you know, just, I like to just take day by day and just focus, okay, you know, today I need to lay out all my footage and I need to, I need to cut to day one out of day 12 and just start there and just crank and crank and crank little by little to get to the bigger project and to get to the bigger, um, bigger goals. And I think, I think that's, that's important to do. It's like I said, it's really easy to get caught in the process of it all, but keeping it simple and just staying, just keeping that, that daily discipline, uh, which is hard for a lot of people, but just using those, those small goals to, to tackle it. So you think for, at least for you, like having those small goals daily kind of keeps you disciplined and keeps you focused on reaching that, uh, the eventual like deadline of when you got to have everything done. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I mean, any creative can kind of attest to this. I mean, motivation and creative drive and inspiration comes in waves. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some days where I'm sitting there listening to 200 hours of music and I won't get anything done. And then some days I'll, I'll edit a full film in a day. And so it, it definitely comes in waves, but, um, and it's just using those waves to uh, gain momentum and try to stay on track. Mm-hmm. So when you're out in, what would you say makes for like uh, successful filming when you're out on location or kind of off in the woods or, or, you know, in Virginia, the like different spots you've been, Alaska, like, what what when you're out there and you're trying to capture everything like what helps you stay successful when you're out there and kind of stay on target it's setting it like for us specifically is setting kind of like a daily you know everyone has like a daily checklist we have a daily like shot list it's like okay i need to get a wide angle of this i need to get a drone shot of this uh get some macro shots of this and um I, i like to split it down into little sequences so it's like if we're if we're if it's a morning if it's a morning scene, I'll get the sunrise, time lapse, sun comes up, get a drone shot over the woods, and you just start breaking it down to there. Okay, I go a wide, medium, close shot, and I just start breaking that down into each different scenario that we're in and just keeping it moving. And that kind of, like I said, it's just kind of keeping it simple and keeping it small, which leads to those bigger um, successful in the bigger picture. Yeah. So I'd say to for, as a successful shoot is is coming through after a day in the woods of having – a handful of successful sequences mm-hmm. that flow together that can tell a story properly. If I can sit at the end of the day and okay, you know, this told today's story the way it should have, then I, I can feel content with it. Right. What's your love. What's like your favorite uh, moment when you're going through and you're a part of that, whether it's in the editing process or while you're out there in the woods. I mean, what is your like, aha, like, damn, I really crushed that shot. Uh, that's I made that look really I made that look really good. I'd say I'd say I'd say like the the aha moment is when you press export at the very just, end. Just, just the export. You get you get you, you get lost in the sauce during during the whole process and grinding and doing this and and rolling and filming everything and putting it together. But once you press export, like that is the aha moment of like the deep breather. Like okay, I did what I had to do. Export. We're putting it out to the world to see. But. I like, I like being dirty. I like being up in the mountains. I like being in it and I like being, you know, out in these crazy locations, get my ass kicked and hauling camera gear up and down the mountain, getting rained on and, and just get my ass beat day in, day out. I mean, that's, that's kind of the fun part of working in the outdoor industry. I mean, whether it's shooting ski movies or shooting hunting films or fly fishing or whatever, I mean, it's, 
you know, it's a, it's a grind of waking up at ungodly hours and hiking and process and camera gear failing and stuff breaking. And it's, it's type two fun. It's suffering with your bodies. And that's why a lot of us do what we do. I mean, it's, we, <laughs> you enjoy getting your ass beat with your buddies because during it, it might suck. Like when I was in BC, we all got Gerardia and I saw horses flipping on top of people. I got bucked off my horse three times. We got surrounded by two packs of wolves. We were in grizzly bears every day. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell you how many times I nearly died, but during it, you're like, Oh shit, man. Like this is wild. Like this is, uh, we're in it. But now when you're looking back and you rewatch that footage and you relook at those photos, it brings you back into that moment. And you're like, man, I'll go through that again tomorrow. Let's go. It's the stuff that keeps you coming back. Yeah. Keeps you coming back for more. So what do you think your, your future in it is? I mean, what do you, what, what's your, what's your plans looking forward? I mean, how many, how many, you got to travel all the time. I mean, you constantly kind of going on the road is now kind of grind season with uh, hunting season is upon us. Right. I mean, I guess it's mm -hmm. about a couple months ago, what August, I think it was August 13th for you. Yep. August 15th is when mm -hmm. archery started. So what, where do you go from here? Yeah. Fall's, fall's grind time. I mean, basically, I have a little bit of a break right now, but really during the fall for all of us, um, we're on the road every week and uh, it's constantly going on different trips. I mean, it's like you said, starting in archery season in August through archery goes from August, September and October that goes into rifle season that leads into waterfowl season that leads into the, the deer rut, which leads into December, January. And I mean, it's, it's basically we're grinding from August till December, kind of on the road nonstop. And then come wintertime, it's sitting on the computer and it's edit hours. And then, um, <laughs> I mean, like I said, we, you know, we, we don't just do, do hunting content. I mean, we're, we're working on ski stuff. We're working on ice climbing stuff. We're working on with, we've worked with ultra runners. We mm -hmm. produce music videos. We're working this and that. I mean, it, it's really nonstop, but the fall is really crazy. So yeah. as for our future, um, we don't want to just be the, the hunting guys. You know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah. we want, we want to, we want to be able to bring that high quality production value and, and showcase this new view on, on what it is to be an, a hunter and to, to the process of that. But we also, you know, we want to do full length films, whether it's in the outdoor space or not, mm -hmm. and uh, just keep kind of growing and growing into these bigger productions and just keeping the, keeping the needle moving. Yeah. No, it's cool to be able to, to branch out and you I mean you have the skiing background and I got plenty of skiers for you that I'm sure would love to do edits and everything else that would keep your winter uh, yeah. extremely busy. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of my main goals. Like I said, is, is like, I didn't, I didn't really grow. I was, I didn't grow up a hunter. I didn't grow up um, doing this. I was a baseball robot. And so really like skiing and ski filmmaking was always my motivator and like that is one of my huge goals is to go back to that is mm -hmm. to bring it full circle now that we've built a as a team we've built a resume and we have these cameras and have all this um experience like we want to bring that into the ski space and do what what i what i know how to do you know it's like yeah. growing up being in the mountains with my buddies skiing around and dumping cameras in the snow and and capturing the stoke of what it means to to be a skier and day in day out like that's what we want to capture and that's what we want to do so that's a big goal of mine is to is to produce a ski film and produce something like that yeah for sure you'll definitely uh, you'll definitely continue to have those those opportunities that's for sure mm -hmm. so 
Speaking a little bit, you know, as you were talking about all the trials and tribulations, getting buck off your horse and all those uh, different things, breaking cameras, breaking camera lenses. I mean, just the different shit that goes into uh, any kind of film. I mean, just talk a little bit to the to the perseverance you kind of need, because uh, it's one of those things you learn so much about. I'm sure you did through baseball. I have through skiing. I mean, you don't have great days all the time and everything's yeah. not uh puppies and rainbows and I, I, I think that that's a little bit harder to find especially you know social media and instagram and everything else everyone's getting the best angle or the yeah. best shot right and mm-hmm. they don't really want to show off the side of man i look like shit today then we're not going to show that photo we're not going to show you know being down in the dumps everything's happy go lucky and and kind of just talk a little bit to the perseverance it kind of it kind of takes yeah no like the the perseverance, like I I learned it at a young age, kind of through my family situation and through um, a lot of the issues that my family went through as a kid. I mean, I had both of my parents. My mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was about seven years old, and then my dad was also diagnosed with the disease when I was thirteen. And uh, you know, my mom was paralyzed. My dad is still struggling with the disease, and kind of seeing like that's where I really learned that how to adjust to adversity and push through and learn perseverance and drive. And cause seeing my parents struggle like that with uh, such a terrible disease and battling through that day in, day out. I mean, that's what pushed me as an athlete. That's what continues to push me as uh, in my career, doing what I do today, day in, day out. Cause it's like, man, you know, if, if my mom is bedridden in a wheelchair and in pain, like, dude, when I'm out on a mountain, I'm struggling carrying a camera doing what I love it's like you won't hear me bitching about it like I always think back to that same thing what helped me be a successful athlete was you know if you're having a bad game like I'm playing baseball like I get to play baseball I get to climb this mountain I get to get my ass kicked I choose to do this because there's so much there's so many worse things out there in the world that people go through and I always think back to that like that is where I learned that that daily grind and and how to just push through adversity and adjust to it. Cause like, man, life's hard, but you don't have to make it that hard. Yeah. No, I mean, that really has to kind of put things in, in perspective of what's really yeah. important and what you really want to go out and kind of chase after and not just mm-hmm. go through the motions. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, I, I don't think a lot of people, and I, especially in 2020 with, you know, coronavirus and, and all the issues that are going on in the world, it's kind of for, maybe for a lot of people, it's their first real eye opener to adversity. Like, oh, sure. darn. Like you hear people wanting, oh, I can't go to the bar. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's like, dude, there's, there's a lot worse things in this life that people go through than, than you worrying about not being able to go hang out at the bar with your buddies. You know, there's a lot yeah, worse absolutely. things out there that people push through. Yeah. I mean, kind of, it, it, it's crazy to think, you know, how much things have kind of changed. And it, it, if this is our big perseverance, you know, I mean, I remember uh, a few months ago that the, the big thing was uh, our generation just has to sit on the couch and stay inside. Yeah, uh, darn. I remember seeing that. It was like World War II and everything else. And we just have to, you know, stay. And we can't, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> can't seem to do it. Can't seem to wear masks. So uh, at least, I don't know, Utah, Utah's numbers uh continue to go up we just hit like 400 1400 i think a couple of days ago yeah yep exactly 
I mean, Montana doesn't have that many people. Well, Bozeman does, I guess. You know, yeah. Bozeman's, Bo- Bozeman's like uh, California, uh, California East now, right? Oh, man, it's, uh, it's a whole different <laughs> world. It's a whole different world now. But no, it's like Montana's got it. We hit like a million people like six years ago in the whole state. So it's, we're professional at social distancing. It's kind yeah, of why you come to Montana. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that, I mean, it, it was interesting to, uh, what you're saying about being up in the woods, you know, on your on your own hunts and just how crazy uh busy the how, like how packed it is how many mm-hmm. you know, kind of different people you're you're dealing with and that's got to make that's got to increase the difficulty uh hunting uh i mean tenfold <laughs> yes i mean when you're when you're trying to call in elk and you're calling in people it's like okay maybe i'm not in the right spot <laughs> but that's you know you got to appreciate people like you said it's like i don't I don't own this land. I don't sure. own the, you know, I don't control who's out there. I'd love to see people out there. I'd love to see people spending time in the woods. And like I said, I think more people need to spend time in the woods because we'll have a better perspective on, on life and everything. And I mean, it just, it just turns you into a better person. So I can't knock these people are out doing it. Yeah. It's frustrating when they're doing it where I'm doing it, but sure. you know, kudos to them for out grinding and doing what we do too. So it's, it's everybody's land. It's everyone's opportunity to go and, and do this. I mean, that's the fun part of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of talking about that is that it's also, it's, it's nice to have um, the right people kind of bring you into it, whether you've mm-hmm. never known about it before or any, I mean, luckily for me, like I, like I said, my grandparents, I mean, it just grandparents were always into it and I was never really that into it. I would say until I was probably, 23 or 24 when I was back it was actually after I blew out uh I blew out my knee and I was rehabbing my ACL and I took some time in the spring to go see my grandparents back in New York and um had a you know I was always been like yeah I'll go sit in the woods with my grandfather he loved it and I would just sit there and just kind of watch and be in the woods with him um and this time around it was turkey season and he was like you know do you want to go up and you know go up in the woods like yeah sure and um it turned into i was going hunting i wasn't going to go watch him hunting i was like okay this is different than what i was planning on doing but that's you know like that's fine and um had an absolute uh blast and uh turkey hunting i mean you know it's a it's a it's a poor man's elk hunting right mm-hmm. that's definitely the way i would it's so exciting and so you know you get that back and forth kind of calling to be able to call it in and and there's uh something about it that that was awesome and i was like okay like i need to um put more effort in and and spend more time kind of in the woods because i felt great after doing it and it helped i feel like it helped with my rehab and helped yeah with, uh, you know kind of as you talk about putting things in perspective so it kind of helped with all that i was like all right like i need to spend some more time out here and yeah and i mean that's that's like what i said earlier and i think most people can attest to this is you know, like that's the best rehab that's the best medication that's the best i mean it just does good for the soul i mean especially like going through adversity as as an athlete going through an injury the uncertainties of what's going to happen next i mean so just to be able to put all that on pause and just focus on being out there in the woods with your granddad and just spend time with him and i mean that's the stuff that you're going to remember years ahead and like those those moments that you got to share with him i mean that's why people do it yeah, no, absolutely. So kind of 
as you touched on a little bit earlier, I mean, who are some of those people that have mentored and really kind of helped you along that, that have kind of shaped where you are and whether that's in, in filmmaking or just, just in life and life in general? I'd say my parents, like I, like I, was, like I said earlier, is, is seeing my, seeing both of my parents go through so much pain and, and battling a disease day in, day out, and just like coming together as a family to, to push through all of what that was. I mean, seeing my mom go from just being diagnosed to a cane, to a wheelchair, to being bedridden, and then ultimately passing away from the, such a terrible disease, and then my dad also getting it and battling it. Man, like they, they taught me grit. They taught me what it means to be mentally tough to push through these real life issues that, you know, I had to, I mean, they, they taught me what it means to be a man at a young age and I'll forever be thankful for that. So going through those, those adversities at such a young age and seeing how my dad interacted with my mom and just the sheer love and compassion to, to battle through that together is what I carry with me every single day doing what I do. So, I mean, that push to get through this, and get through that. Um, I mean, that's why I'm. That's why I'm here today. Is seeing how um, they could just overcome so much, and especially my mom. I mean, it's such a terrible disease and in pain like that. And um, she always, always, always had a smile on her face. Was always positive. It was never about her. Just the most selfless person ever. And I try to carry that with me, whether I'm struggling with something or you know getting my ass kicked on a mountain or things are going poorly at work I mean just to always carry that that um that positivity because like like I said for for a lot of people maybe haven't gone through adversity like maybe a, a shitty day as you wake up and you step in dog shit and you know like oh this sucks and then you get stuck in traffic oh this sucks or oh I didn't get 100 likes on my Instagram photo that sucks but it's like really like like what's the what's the real is this an issue is this really that big of a deal when there's such a bigger picture um out there and I, I learned that bigger picture at a young age so really my mom and dad were the people that and my family as a whole to come together and push through such terrible times right. and make it through yeah no that's awful i mean it sounds like they, they also taught you a lot about like attitude right i mean it's mm-hmm. one of the things that definitely i've learned from my parents is that's the only thing that you can really control is your attitude towards the situation like attitude is everything yeah, all you can day in day in day out, all you can control is attitude and effort. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, they they taught me like like I said, man. It's like when you when you see someone you love go through so much pain and so much um, struggle, mm-hmm. and they taught they taught me the the no woe is me attitude, the no poor me attitude, because there's a lot of other people out there that are going through things way worse. Yeah. So that's what carried me through being an athlete, I get to go to practice. I get to train. I get to do this and do that. I get to. It's, I think more people need that that mentality of I get to, not I have to. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, without question. I mean, right now, everyone seems to be uh, just want to argue about something or mm-hmm. troll somebody on Twitter or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems, uh, it seems we're as... Uh, divided as we have ever been at least as, yeah. long, as, I've been, at least as long as i've been alive we've been pretty yeah no i'd have to agree <laughs> mm-hmm. so have you what what would you say you've kind of learned to take into your own kind of like uh hunting aspects what what kind of tips have you kind of picked up along the way because you've been in the woods with some pretty 
uh, sweet people that, that definitely know what they're doing. And uh, I was just kind of curious because, you know, all of the hunting I've done out here with my grandparents and stuff like that, we always took take the East Coast because that's where they're, you know, from New York, they always hunt out of a blind. You know, I've never yeah. done any stock hunting or anything like that. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what um, what have you kind of learned just through those different uh, experiences? I've learned that everyone has different tactics. I've learned that not everyone hunts the same, not everyone has the same um, tactics and approach to different mm -hmm. situations. I mean, there's, especially elk hunting, everybody calls different. Everyone has different ways of interacting with the animal. I mean, some people are completely sneak, sneak, sneak mode and, and creep into them and spot and stock mode. Some people are calling, breaking shit, wake up the woods so you can fire it up and get them in your lap. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah. um, it's, that's kind of the fun part of meeting all these different people and, and their different backgrounds of, of hunting and, and getting to experience different ways in different places. Cause you know, I've hunted in New Zealand for stag and fallow deer and tar, and they hunt completely different than say someone hunts elk out here in Montana and seek a deer in, in Virginia, you can call and they bugle and you call them back and forth. And it's like, it's like elk hunting on a beach in the woods and they have like the same tactics as how we approach elk hunting out here. It's really, it's really unique, but all in all, like everyone has just like that same, same, level of just wanting to get in and grind every day and and just enjoy the process of it mm -hmm. was going to i mean new zealand that had to be a unique that had to be a different just completely different way of of hunting i mean yeah i mean watching the the footage and everything i mean it was really pretty uh obviously nice jo job well done i mean it looked awesome but <laughs> it's just I, I feel like there are times where the camera can't do it justice you know of how pretty and unique and uh interesting those those kind of hunts are you know to be i mean for dangerous. you, have you ever, yeah have you ever been to was that your first time kind of going down there yeah it was my first time in new zealand and getting to capture that i mean we're hunting in the southern alps of new zealand i mean it's basically where they filmed lord of the rings mm -hmm. so a camera will never do the justice of the southern alps and how nasty the train is and in the sheer weather getting snowed on like i about slid 60 yards to my death self-arrested on grass carrying a $20,000 camera. I mean, it's just like the camera. I don't think the camera ever does justice. I mean, that's kind of like my job is to try to get it yeah, to that yeah. point. But, <laughs> but especially in a place like that, I mean, it, it's the, the train is so extreme and steep and the animals are so, I mean, hunting tar in the Southern Alps, it's just like, when you say that, you're like, okay, that just doesn't even sound real. It's seeing these animals, I mean, skirt up walls of shale rock like nothing. And as we're sliding and, and making all sorts of noise and trying not to roll down the mountain, it's just like, it's a whole different world out there. And that's, that's just hunting in the mountains, period. You know, whether the places that these animals live that you have to climb into and sneak into is just incredible country. Either way, no matter what, wherever you are. No, I mean, it's, yeah, watching, I mean, that's a bunch of the fun stuff. Like, you gotta, I think you need to do, like, a few different videos of just, like, outtakes, you know, just kind of <laughs> left over where all this, like, you should do your own, maybe it's all that, like, mashed together, that's just, like, when shit goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have That's what, that's what, yeah, that's what people really, that's what people really need to see is, like, flipping horses on top of people and getting Gerardia and, <laughs> dude, yeah, it's, uh, 
I've seen some stuff. Well, I mean, it's, well, it's like one of the, that's like one of the favorites of those ski movies, though. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, the Crash the, Reel, the Poor Boys, Poor Boys, the Crash Reel. You know, like the, I think the first Poor Boys I really loved. Do you remember Thirteen? Thirteen, yeah, yeah, 13, I have that one. Yeah, I have a stack. Like, I have a stack of ski movies this high. I think I have every single PGR Poor Boys level one movie ever made. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that. Well, what about Warren? I mean, Warren Miller, did you, you have he's, cla- he's, cla- he's classic. Yeah, he's classic. But um, I guess maybe I'm a little too new age. I thought his narration and stuff was a little, little boring. So that's so where I got into sometimes? like, Come on. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I remember the, one of the first ski movies that like ever really hooked me. I, probably the first ski movie I ever bought was Salad Days by Teton Gravity. Okay. And that one definitely got me going, but then session twelve forty two, yeah. poor boys. Yeah. It was like team team Oakley ski movie, and then mm-hmm. like I would watch that every single day before going skiing, and that would just make me go nuts. Like I might have sucked, but I would blow my carcass up all day and night after watching that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was yeah, it was really good. That was uh, they they used to come. I mean. Poor Boys would have a new movie every they'd pop out like they started to come out with like two a year. It used to be one because it was like mm-hmm. 13. Then they had like Propaganda, uh, The Game. They had yep. like a, they had a bunch of those early ones. And now there's like, it's crazy how much that industry has kind of has exploded, changed. has changed. And now there's the whole aspect of you have pro skiers that don't really do any competition right it's all just kind of you get to go out and you get to do you know you're kind of pro pro filmer yeah you shoot, you shoot a film to, and you put it on youtube exactly it didn't used to really exist and yeah i miss i miss i miss the old aspect of it because really that's what that's what really got me into um filmmaking and, and carrying a camera around was like that that sheer anticipation of like they drop a teaser in the spring and then you're waiting until October when, you know, that DVD is coming out in your local ski shop and you're going to buy it or they premiere it in your local town. And, you know, just that whole like, community aspect of bringing people together on a big screen and just getting people stoked. I mean, that's like, I, I really miss that. <laughs> I wish I, I, I get it. Everything's digital now and everyone, um, it's easy for, you know, you get a skier to go out with a film crew and capture a season and then throw it on YouTube and you can reach a ton more people that way. But I do miss the the old aspect of it. Well, you'll have to bring it back, dude. Mhm. There's not there's a, there's absolutely there's absolutely nothing like like putting together something that you worked so hard on and putting all that time and effort in and putting it on a big screen with a crowd to sit and enjoy it. I mean, that's like there's absolutely nothing like that. Yeah. I look forward to uh, being at the premiere for the next one. Let me know. Uh, yeah. Whenever that's, yeah. I'll get plenty of ski buddies for you. Maybe yep. we get, you know, you get Carson in. We do a whole ski hunting, fishing, just a whole outdoor. Because I got plenty of buddies that we could do extreme sports. We could do a whole, we could do a whole series, man. It'd be pretty fun. Do a, do a, the washed up bump the, skier film. Washed up bump skier. And then you break it into d- dirt biking. And, you know, we could do a 12, 12 episode series that you, yeah, we could. That, that's a lot of hours of editing for you though. I don't want to put you through that much pain for not much content, <laughs> for not much content. I'm used and, to it. I'm used zero, to it. And zero watchers. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best stuff, though. That's the best stuff. Just dorking around with a camera with your buddies, man. I mean, that's that's why we still do it. And it's it's kind of it's kind of. I try to I try to do that as much as I can, 
Because when you get stuck in the flow of, you know, carrying these huge cinema Hollywood level cameras around and and just grind, grind, grinding and and trying to put together the most cinematic and most epic stuff, it's like I really how I started was just dorking around with my buddies, you know, Mm -hmm. pressing record. So I try to kind of reel that back. And I think a lot of people who work in the creative industry need to to reel back and remember why they continue to do it. Cause I get lost in it. I get lost in the aspect of like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta hit my deadlines. And I, you know, what's the budget on this? Oh, it's not that big. Okay. We gotta grow bigger. We gotta do this. It's like, man, that's, you get lost in the sauce a little bit. So it's, it's important to reel it back and remember why you do what you love. So is that, yeah. I mean, is that kind of the advice you would have for some people if they're just starting out and they love filmmaking like you and they're kind of just getting into it and, trying to figure out like, all right, how do I, I don't know how to put a film together. I don't know how to do that. I kind of just love it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Advice, especially in my field, um, anyone who carries a camera around and gets paid for it. I mean, it's, it's a grind. It's a competitive field. It's, you know, everyone's kind of, <laughs> it's really, really competitive. Um, everyone trying to get, you know, the most views and, and get the more, famous person or whatever more brands involved the biggest brands involved but you know my advice to someone is you know people get too caught up in like oh is this image perfect like i gotta edit this thing down so it's perfect and this and that and spend hours and hours and hours and then finally i mean just even for like an instagram post or something people are just like obsess over it and then they're like oh i only got 100 likes in the first two hours and then they delete it it's like man if you if you like what you do if you like if you enjoy it and if you like what you just created put it out there like all the other because no matter what you're not going to impress everyone not everyone's going to love your stuff like if you like it put it out there and always go back in of why why you do it why you started in the beginning and especially i mean for young kids that reach out to me they're like well i'm not getting any clients or i'm not doing this i'm not doing that and it's like a lot of people don't understand it's like man i i shot so much stuff for free and, and ate so much shit for so long trying to get to this point and i have no one makes it and like that's what i was gonna say is like i haven't made it but no one ever makes it like right. what is making it mm-hmm. so it's just it's continuing the those daily things of if you're a camera guy go out and shoot stuff and if you like it put it out there and keep right. doing that and someone's gonna take notice yeah well i think it's a good mentality too that like no one may you know if your mentality is no one no one makes it you know, yeah, no one makes it. There's no finish line. There's no finish line. Like you, you got to keep grinding. You got to keep, keep going out every day and doing your best, right? Yeah, and that's that's in any field. It doesn't have to be a creative field. Sure. No matter what, whether you're an athlete or whatever. I mean, it's, it's the sky's the limit. There's no finish line. There's like <laughs> just keep setting the goals as high as you possibly can and and bound to reach them. Carpet as long day, as you're putting baby. in the daily work. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks for taking the time, my man. Good luck with the uh, with the rest of the uh, hunting season. And for those out there, where can they uh, where can they look up uh, some of the work? Is it just uh, Muddy Shutter Media on Instagram, and then is that where they can, or just online? Yep, yep. So yeah, Muddy Shutter Media on Instagram. We've got a website coming. We're about to launch a new website, a new reel, and um, this and that. So yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Muddy Shutter Media. You can find me at Keith.ales. and uh, yeah. We'll be uh, we'll be out doing some wacky shit the next few months. So <laughs> looking forward It'll to seeing it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Heck yeah. Thanks, Bob. All right. Bye, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks a lot for listening in. I really appreciate it. 
Please make sure to take the time to like, share, and subscribe our show. And also you can follow along on Instagram. Thanks.